Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Garoppolo. Thrown down. Brian Burns gets there. Spider-Man. What a pass rush by Burns. See how quickly he got to the edge and got This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And welcome into a brand new late night edition of Believe in Carolina Panthers uh, here on Believe Podcast Networks. So I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by Sports Illustrated Panthers beat writer Skylar Callahan and, Cal- and Carol- excuse me, Carolina Panthers all-time leading rusher, Jonathan Stewart. Um, it's going into week five. It's kind of a weird week four. Panthers fall to the Minnesota Vikings at Bank of America Stadium. 21 to 13 was the final on Sunday. Of course, we'll uh, get you started with the box score. Um, it's, I'm almost afraid to do it, uh, tonight. Uh, of course, if you're familiar with Carolina, uh, the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast, you know that we have a segment called Tell Them Why You're Mad. And I I feel like there's a lot of you out there. I'm gonna tell you why we're mad. I'm gonna tell you why we're mad. Very upset with the Carolina Panthers, uh, franchise at the moment. So you can can air that out if you'd like. Uh, this is the spot to do it. Um, (laughs) <laughs> it looks like it's going to be some therapy session for uh, some of our regulars. Willie Smith says, I was at the game. I need this. So, hey, Willie, say it with your chest, baby. Just get it on out. It, it's really, we're only a quarter of the way through the season, by the way. So uh, <laughs> let's kind of – let's. we're not going to be the ones to be like, hey, calm down. Everything's going to be all right because we don't know. <laughs> we have no idea <laughs> at, the, at this point what exactly is going to happen. So we're going to help you with all that. Uh, tell them why you're mad. If you are mad at something specifically, put it in the comment section. We'll hit it up here and we'll discuss it live on the air. I've got an NFL uh, true or false for Stu and, uh, and Skyler that they are not prepared for. So uh, we'll get that. That way we can go around the league a little bit. Some of the stories from around the league. Um, and we'll just kind of figure this out. Panthers taking on the Detroit Lions on the road Sunday at one o'clock on Fox. How good of a chance do the Panthers have to win that football game? Uh, looking pretty good. Um, so we'll uh, we'll get through all that as well. Before we get to all that, though, of course, a word from our sponsors at Bet Online. Football is back. Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds from Week One all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl. Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to our web, head to their website today, or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code Believe B L E A V to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts and where we typically start uh, these Believe in Panther podcasts. It's a quick glance at the box score, but um, one of the beauties of doing this a couple of days after the game is that we get a chance to kind of gauge the emotional rawness of the crowd and the fans. And Lord knows I did that by going on Facebook. And then uh, by the time we come on Tuesday, we've slept on it a couple nights. We might've seen some film we didn't see before. So maybe our viewpoint has changed. I'll ask you guys first. Uh, Stu, based on where you were, 
<laughs> four o'clock <laughs> to where you are today. Has your viewpoint changed at all in terms of what you're seeing on the field and what they need to do to get better? Um, my view has not changed as far as what they need to do to get better at all. <laughs> um, I think, everything, uh, everything. <laughs> I mean, look, man, it's it's like watching a child grow up, right? Like that's what's going on with this organization. Um, you know, I'll say it again: you got a brand new quarterback, you got a brand new coaching staff. And they're all living in the house together for the first time, right? Um, that, that, that equals chaos sometimes, like, especially like when things, like, especially when things aren't going well. Like the room um, when seven strangers come together in a house. Yeah, it's exactly. Cool. You know, like <laughs> you just imagine strangers walking in the house together, saying, "Hey, hey, we're eating steak tonight, right?" No, I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> oh, wait. Well. Uh, sorry to offend you. So, you know, that's how sparks get to flying and then pans get to flying and people get injured. And then, yeah, man, look, we got injuries. We've got a lot of things that are going wrong with the, you know, the roster, you know, bad luck. Um, and that's part of the, the game and the nature of the game. But when it comes to, you know, obvious, the obvious, you know, situation here, the offense can't move the ball when they want to. Um, you know, the offensive line, the trenches right now aren't, um, you know, being taken over right now by our offensive line. Um, you know, it's and, – and when defenses and teams notice that and know that coming into the, into the game, um, they're just licking their chops. Um, and so, I mean, you look at this game coming up right now in Detroit, an away game um, – and you have a defensive line that's been getting after it, mm. right? So um, that's the reason why I say you got to figure out a way to run the ball uh, to save yourself. You know, I think you run the ball, you take time off, you know, get the time of possession, keep your defense off the field, keep them fresh, and finish out the game strong because you know that's exactly what uh, Detroit did last year. You know, they, they made a comeback towards the end of the game last year. We ran the ball over, all over them, and luckily we did. Because, I mean, I think we had, like, 35 minutes of time possession. They had 25. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the keys to victory this weekend, coming off of this past, you know, home loss, you got to figure out a way to run the ball. So that way, get the guys coming up into the box, and maybe hit them down deep. got to spread the ball down deep. Got to figure that out. Before I uh, go in, uh, Skyler, um, your thoughts on this? What, how, you were in the press box. Uh, there's a couple of instances I want to ask you what was happening <clears throat> in the press box uh, <laughs> while they were doing whatever on the field. Has your mentality changed from four o'clock Sunday to this moment now uh, on Tuesday regarding the Panthers and what they need to do to get a win uh, on Sunday versus the Lions? Uh, I mean, in, in, in- trying to get a win on Sunday. I mean, yeah, it has. They're going to have to do a whole hell of a lot more I mean, <laughs> than, than I thought originally. But uh, has my has my thoughts changed on this team? No, it hasn't. Um, and, and I texted you guys, and, and I don't know if I believe that this is actually going to happen, especially the way that they've played. I kind of imagine it going down a little differently. But in my preseason predictions, I had them starting one and five. I, I saw a slow start happening because of you having so many new pieces. You have a new scheme 
and like you guys just mentioned with all these coaches kind of coming together from different backgrounds, it's going to take some time. Yeah. But I saw things kind of going a little bit more smoothly and just they maybe just weren't finding ways to win games at the end or something like that. And at the middle part of the season, they would kind of flip that. And then all of a sudden they'd go on a run and I had them finishing eight and nine. So I went from one and five to eight and nine, but I'm having a hard time finding eight wins left on this schedule, boys. I mean, I, I don't know where those eight wins are coming from. Um, there's just so much that's going wrong right now, I think, offensively. Defense, defensively, I think the only thing they need to really improve on is stopping the run. And, again, a lot of that comes down to depth. When you're on the field so much and Derek Brown's on the field for 50, 60, 70 snaps, and, and the same thing can be said about Burns and, and Justin Houston – I mean, you've got to be able to have somebody to rotate in. And I will say, though, we've been giving him some uh, some hard criticism over the last couple of years, but Yitor Gross Matos mm. has really started yeah, to kind of turn Yeah, he's been stepping up. Yeah. You got a round of applause, a round of applause, uh, sound effect? Uh, no. Well, we need to add that. I have a Price is Right, like, horn. There you go. Do that. Because <laughs> I'm so, like, programmed to, like, be like, boo. Like, I've got it's a- all bad stuff. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, Matos I mean, doing your thing, though. Yeah, but, but offensively, like, and, and I, I I see some of the people commenting on Facebook and, and Twitter and stuff, and, and I try not to either, but it's hard not to. Um about Bryce and, and how he's not the guy and, you know, how C.J. Stroud's the, the better pick. And, and look, I, I'll be honest with you, like I told you from the very beginning, C.J. Stroud was my number one quarterback, but that doesn't mean I still don't believe in Bryce. Right. Bryce right. is a very good quarterback. The only concern that I had with Bryce was his size. And guess what we're not really talking about? His size. Yeah. We have not talked right. about passes being def- knocked down at the line of scrimmage like we all had that major concern about him seeing over the line. He's not really throwing bad passes. He's not putting the ball into harm's way. He may do it a time or two, but that's just a rookie quarterback. It's not by, you know, a product of his height by any means. And if you look at some of the throws that he had in that Minnesota game, I mean, they're they're on the money and they're not yeah. being caught. I mean, two uh, yeah. two guys in particular, <laughs> and I and I don't like to single people out, but just for reference, like Ian Thomas, beautiful pass in the end zone to Ian Thomas. Bang, right off the face. Right in the face. Hit him right in the face. And I, and I think DJ Chark had one, too. I, I don't remember if it was DJ or not, so I don't want to just throw his name out. I got hit in the face, did, but The second I got hit yeah, in the face, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, I mean these, are, these are plays that have to be made, and that's, that's when you get the protection. And right now they're not even getting protection consistently because you have a rookie left guard and you have a guy in Calvin Throckmorton that just showed up all but a couple of weeks ago. And you had Cade Mays in there before that. who really didn't play that much last year on the offensive line, played fullback at times. So, like, this is a team that really needs Austin Corbett back. They really miss Brady Christensen more than you probably think. And depth is just not there, man. Like, Bryce has no chance. No quarterback has a chance with a bad offensive line. And Stu, not now now one. Nope. Nope. and And I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus here. But I think we all kind of know what a bad offensive line looks like and how quarterbacks in Carolina have to deal with some issues up front. 
All right, well, yes. all right. I'm going to go ahead and set it off. Uh, yeah, I've seen some bad offensive linemen in, in, in the past. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, we're very polite with your answers. I, I, I greatly appreciate it. Um, I got questions. I got some questions. So, Oh, I got tons of questions. Where do I want to start? Oh, uh, <laughs> let's start That's with, what I say. Let's start with Icky. We've been kind of like waiting on Icky to, for it to be like a, a fluke or something, but <laughs> – there was a couple, he he kind of almost single handedly cost them the game on Sunday with a, with that penalty the illegal man downfield that he did the ball wasn't even on his side of the field and he's down the where are you where are you going and then he literally there was two times where Harrison Yo, Smith yeah Harrison Smith runs past him untouched like he's a turnstile like literally just, just I don't even know if he saw him <laughs> like run past him clean shot to Bryce um I was um, I don't know if. I've been fighting it, but people have been saying maybe Iggy's playing out of position. And I was like, no, I just need some time. I don't know, man. Maybe he needs to be shifted to guard. And then you got this case of Chandler Zavala. I know he's a rookie. My man it's leads all bad, guards man. in the NFL with 28 quarterback hurries allowed. And get- 28? What? 28. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. There's more. In week three, he allowed 14 by himself. In one in one game. In one game. Um oh, that's the dude standing oh, beside Icky. So it's like, okay, so you said so you got nothing on your left side right now. They're trying, they're going through it. You got a rookie on the right side. Moten apparently is playing well because we haven't called his name out once in, in four weeks. So apparently he's doing what he's supposed to do. He's the rock over there. Yeah. Um, but they stay got solid. Stay solid, Dave. Stay, stay healthy, please. Stay out there. Yeah, um, but okay, so because of that, it trickles down to everything else. The run game. Is it me or is Chuba Hubbard running better than Miles Sanders? He is. Like, He's got a burst I, to him. I think they're 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 both they're both different runners, right? And I think, you know, in between the tackles, Truba Hubbard knows north and south uh, very well. Um, he just so, gets I mean, downhill in a hurry. He just gets downhill in a hurry. He, he, and I think that's one of the things I liked about him last year is his decisiveness of where he was going with the ball. Um, he, it's, it's almost like you know a light turned on in his head, and and understanding, you know, the the pace of play, understanding how go, how holes are opening up at the the next level, mm-hmm. um, and that's obviously transitioned into this year. He's running really, really well. Oh. I'd love to see him get at least fifteen touches. The other thing that's been bothering me, and I did the same mistake as Skyler, except I usually go deeper down the wormhole. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mess up. I'm gonna tell you why I'll we actually go on Facebook and get in fights with people. Like I'll go in there and start arguing with people. And at this point, <laughs> like, I'll go it ain't there. worth it. It'll be it's random. Just, oh, random. It'll be like it's, Carolina. It's ther- is that is that therapy? You, I don't know. It used to be. Now it just <laughs> makes my blood. It does. I, I told you? I, I told you. I think two years ago, my first year when I did this that I stopped doing that literally on one of the shows. I think it was actually after the Cowboys game, after they started 3-0. and Yeah. And I said, I'm done with that. I'm just going to – I'm going to call you out on here now. If, yeah. if you're yeah. being an idiot on Facebook, I'm just going to vent on the show. So yeah. that's where I am. That's where – because I, I caught myself after about the third or fourth one, just, just scrolling through, because I do it after the games anyway, just to see where the fan base is. Yeah. And they're, they're – you know, they're it's raw. They're emotional. They're like, fire Frank Wright. Bryce was the wrong pick. You see what CJ Stroud is doing? He's killing the game. We should have got him. Yada, yada, yada. CJ Stroud, yes. If you look at, there's a uh, thing on Twitter right now. I have it in my phone somewhere. It's like a uh, pass chart for both of them CJ Stroud and, and Bryce Young. It looks pretty much identical. Just CJ's receivers are getting yak. 
Ours are not. They're not getting yards after the catch. So the dude has to... Tank Dell, who no one really knows about. Exactly. Yeah. Tank, hey, that Still young boy. He was talking about him in the preseason. About or really, way back in the offseason, you were talking about Listen, him in the draft. This this fellow here, fellas. I mean, was, was that the dude Steve Smith was talking about too? Steve Smith was talking about him in the draft, I think. Yeah, that should have been a um... but <laughs> I don't know how how do people like that go unrecognized? Man, like, how do how does that just how does that just not end up in the Panthers locker room? Every year. Every year. <laughs> like, hey, look at that Corvette. I didn't know that was a Corvette. I, I will say this, though. I have not given up on Bryce Young. In fact, he's one of the few bright spots other than the defense that I've seen in terms of – I'm seeing game-to-game improvement from him in terms of yeah. being able to read. Like, from game one to Sunday, his ability to kind of read and decide where to go, it feels like it's getting there. But it also feels like, and this is, ooh, ooh, this was definitely one. Yeah, I'm going to tell, tell you why we're I'm going to tell you why we're We're getting the Frank Wright here, too. When Frank Wright in that press conference was explaining why they had to take that timeout because Adam Thielen wasn't in the game, and he gave the explanation. Sometimes, Frank, you don't need to say everything out loud because when you said that, <laughs> it, it set off this whole, oh, wait a minute. So, and for those who don't know, he basically said, okay, we, we're running a play. It's only, it can only go to Adam Thielen. Didn't realize Adam wasn't in the game. Had to call timeout because Adam wasn't in the game. And everyone's like, so he's the only one that it can be thrown to? So that makes the wheels turn. Like, okay, if they've got plays in the book where it's like, okay, you have to go to that guy. No one else, that guy. That's where you throw it to. That's hindering Bryce, right? He can't scan the whole field, which explains why he's throwing the ball and he's a little five-yard outs, because that's the guy he's supposed to go to on that play. Skyler, is that what you think is happening with the play calling with Frank? Because we can all look at it now. It was completely different play calling when Andy Dalton was in there on week three. Like it, it, it felt. I mean, more he had more control over what he could do. That that explanation that he gave was not a good one. But I don't think that's really kind of what he was meaning by it. I think he was just saying like this play is, in particular is ran probably best by or best designed to go to Adam. I mean, it's not like they can't put other receivers in that position and run whatever route that it was, but. Again, it's probably just something that they felt more comfortable with or more reliable with in that situation because the clock was shrinking. The bigger issue is that he didn't call timeout. That, to me, is the bigger issue because he wasted 20 to 22 seconds of clock, and that is precious time. And, and again, if you go to fast forward to the fourth quarter on that final drive, that drive that just took an hour and a half long, I think the Panthers started with like eight minutes on the clock and they finished with like one and there was no urgency at all. Like after the second down play, I think uh, it was third down. Bryce got sacked and there was under two minutes left. They had all three timeouts. So I, I understand not calling the timeout because if you don't get the first down, you need to keep your timeouts in your back pocket, but you need to get going. Like, and me and and the the Panthers stat guy, we're just sitting here going like, you're gonna get going. You like we're gonna get on the ball here. Like, uh, is, that Frank or is that is that Frank or is that Bryce? Because I, I don't. Where does it come from? I mean, maybe maybe Stu can speak to it a little bit better than me. But personally, like back when I played and and just from covering the, the game, it, it's a little bit of both because you have to have urgency on the field to kind of be the quarterback on the field and and have command. Like, hey, we got to get going. But it's also on Frank to get the call in quicker. So it's it's a little bit of both, in my opinion, I think. Yeah, I, don't know. I think it's definitely a little bit of both. I mean, sometimes, you know, offensive coordinator, I don't know if you guys actually saw Monday Night Football 
uh, Eli Manning and Peyton Manning did a great job of imitating what happens when a, uh, a quarterback is receiving a play and calling a play, right? And going up to mm-hmm. the line of scrimmage, reading the line of scrimmage and all the noise he's hearing in it. his helmet. And so, like, you could be sitting here calling a play and hearing nothing but noise in your helmet from your your offensive coordinator talking about, hey, check out of this, check out of that. Da-da-da-da. All right, the play is Toyota, twins left, uh, right? And there's just a lot that goes into processing. Yeah. I'm just going to call it processing. It's a lot. Whatever you want to call it. Like – People like, don't realize how long people these calls are, too. Yeah, how long the calls are mm. for the coaching staff to to have the play ready. Um, you know, you know, the quarterback might have just gotten hit and the wind knocked out of him. He's got to pay attention to the call. And if he doesn't hear it, he's got to tell the, the play caller to call it again with a signal from the field. <laughs> like, um, but then, you know being able to process this information. Now we know um, we know Bryce Young, like that's what he does. That's what that's he does thing. really well. Yeah. And I think sometimes what happens though is when you're asked to process, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't really know what's happening in the, in the co- you know, on the coaching staff, as far as who's calling plays, who's influencing what in the passing, in the passing game on certain downs and distances, um, but like, it seems to me that Bryce is really just, he, he's, he, it's almost kind of like a, a gift and a curse, right? It's like, he likes to process. Maybe we process less. You, you know what I'm saying? Like he's doing too much. Or, or maybe there's just like too many, like, okay, this here, if this, does, if this isn't here, do this. If this, isn't, if this isn't here, do this. Like, it seems like the plays that have worked has been, like, the plays that just felt like it felt right. It looked like it felt right. Like, he delivered the ball because it felt right. Yeah. You know the what I'm saying? Had, the ones where he's not having to think. Like, when they go and hurry up, that's when they look their best. Or, he's not having to think so hard. It's just right. get on the ball just and take, go, go. Just take what you see. Take yeah. what you see. And whenever, and, and whenever you have time, to move. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. When he gets when he gets on the move, or if the play breaks down and there's pressure in his face and he has to roll out up flush out of the pocket, that's when he seems to be at his best. And I don't know if it's it's maybe he's too structured or there's too much structure within the play. Yeah, I won't even say it. This, I won't this, even this, say this. it. I won't even say it's a Bryce is over over analyzed. Analyzed. He's yeah. too structured. I think Bryce is who he is, and we drafted him for what he is. I think it as a you know as a coaching staff as a group as a unit you have to figure these things out and unfortunately as Panther fans you have to figure this out with the team because this isn't something that happens this this doesn't happen overnight this doesn't happen in you know two games three games four games I mean go back and look at Peyton Manning's career right this thing was not this thing did not start Whoa. off like it didn't start off in you know roses. Troy and, and, and old honey and bees. Yeah. This Troy thing started off because these guys are processors, right? They they know how to analyze the game at a different mode at a different sequence. And so, in order to to find some instant success, you got to slow it down. You gotta you gotta simplify. And I think that's what they are doing. I think they are simplifying it, but 
you have to find that 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 balance as far as okay, when do we take shots? Or can we take shots? Because in order to take some shots, you gotta have protection. For those deep routes to develop and, and, and become open, you gotta have time. Yes. And in order for you to have time, you gotta block. You and if you can't block, you gotta run the ball. And if you can't run the ball, it's you look You're like what they look like. <laughs> you look like what they look like. You look like two, and you look like two strangers sitting in the house trying to figure out how to live together. And that's the frustrating part about dealing with the Panther fans on, on social media after the games because they only see one side of that mm-hmm. or the other. They're like, either why can't we go deep? Uh, it's the play calling. No, nah, not really. Andy Dalton had the same place. He just saw the field differently. Yes. And Andy did make a point to say that he asked for them to simplify it. To, to they, they kind of made things a little bit more simpler, and he asked yeah. for a couple of specific plays to be added to the plan, and they went out and did their thing. The result was still the same, and that's been my argument. It's like everyone's holding up this Andy Dalton thing like he should start. Yeah. They still lost the game. <laughs> and they lost yeah. it in the same fashion, matter of fact. I think they lost it by a wider margin than the other ones that they played. So – it's it's this thing where they're kind and of the, running out of road. And the, and the thing is too, bro, like I'm like what people don't realize too, football games are hard to win, man. Like yes. if you go back and look at all the games, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of teams that you know grab the steering wheel and do whatever the hell they want to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. AKA the 49ers. Um, but that's not a lot of teams. It's if like, you go back and watch some of these teams, bro, like it's nickel and diamond. It's looking real bad until something happens, until a team makes a play. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you ask me, the Seahawks the other night didn't look that great. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, yeah, they had, you know, Geno get hurt on the sideline right there, and that kind of slowed their momentum down and whatnot. But, like, it takes a play. A player has to make a play. You got to have at least six of those plays a game offense and defense to really make something like change the momentum of the game. So you haven't really had that on offense. Two two perfect examples of game change and stuff in the game on Sunday, Sam Franklin's 99 yard interception pick six uh, goal on to goal on that changed the momentum. That was the very Mm -hmm. first time all season where I was like, okay, let's go. Like we got some momentum. Like let's, let's follow this. And then the opposite direction, uh, Bryce getting sacked from behind. I can't even really blame him on the sack. I mean, Harrison Smith was right there, like immediately. Yeah. He gets hit, ball hey. shades off his legs, scoop and score. That changed the momentum the other way back to the Vikings. Because to your point, Stu, the Vikings didn't look good on Sunday. They look right. They look, they look worse than us, to be honest with right. you. I thought so. Um, yeah, we just had some mistakes at the end that they didn't have. And I'm looking at the box score. We couldn't really run the ball. Um, we we only rushed for eighty three yards. Uh, that that can't that can't be. Um, we're not going to do anything with a rookie quarterback if we can we can't hit hundred yards rushing in a game. It did feel like they were kind of. Um, people say they were targeting Thielen. Terrence Marshall Jr. got the most targets in this game. He had ten targets, uh, nine receptions for fifty six yards. Thielen had eight targets, caught seven of them for seventy six yards. So I mean, it might have felt that way, but not necessarily. I mean, Bryce was doing pretty good. With those two, and then you got Shark, you got Sanders, uh, Hubbard caught a couple. Um, but then on the other side, you got Justin Jefferson out here ca- catching two touchdowns on you. Um, yeah, I, I would like to see secondary. Sanders, I would like to see Sanders in space more. Yes, instead of just running him up the gut, like, like put first that down. man in space and let him get busy. Like, I mean, that's what we saw. I mean, I felt like that's what they did in Philly. Um, 
you know, you got to utilize these playmakers, man. The guys that know how to run the ball, the guys that know how to get yak. You know what I'm saying? Like, got to get those guys in space so that way you can have these explosive plays that we're talking about that other teams are having that are making them successful and winning games. I do agree with you what you said a couple minutes ago, Stu, about how uh, we're not the only offense that's kind of stuck in mud right now. If you look around the league, there's really only offenses. There, like I, I was kind of thrown back by it uh, week two, one or two, where it was like quarterbacks were throwing for like 140 yards, and <laughs> like it was. Like, I mean, well, look at Patrick Mahomes, bro. Like yeah, Patrick yeah. Mahomes the other night had probably the worst. Game Zach. that I saw him have throwing the ball. Zach Wilson. Oh, you want to know something? That boy went into game management mode. <laughs> He's like, Look, I don't know what's wrong with my eyes or my arm, but you know what? I'm not about to lose this game. I know that. I'm about to go out here and run this thing. <laughs> Haskell Shelton says, interesting that both Bryce and CJ Stroud have also had also had more high round draft picks they were throwing to in college than they have now. Can we talk about how juicy that draft pick we gave up for Bryce is looking? I hate doing that because because then it's like you're kind of comparing you're you're making the trade something that kind of wasn't at the time. Uh, nobody in Carolina thought that they were going to have the number two overall pick or whatever. That's the reason why they did it. They didn't think they'd be in the top ten. Yeah, they didn't. They thought it was going to be in the twenties. Scott Fitter said it himself. Um, right. So I, I can't look at it like that. Yeah, yeah everybody with the draft, the, the, the whole draft talk and the woulda, coulda, shoulda. Like you don't know. You didn't know back then. No, you were applauding. If you were applauding and, and you were like, "Yeah, let's go," you need to get on this train of "Yeah, let's go." We owe and foe, and you know what? We riding, we riding this thing out. How many okay? people? Y'all remember uh, about this time last year? How many Panther fans were screaming for them to trade Christian McCaffrey away? Like it was, it built to this like crescendo of we've got to get rid of him. We can't. And then when it happened, everyone was mind blown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone. Oh wait, we wanted to go. We really wanted to go. Same thing, DJ Moore. DJ Moore's not a number one wide receiver. I don't know why we picked this dude. As soon as we trade him, why do we trade DJ Moore? Why do we trade CMC? What what do we? I I do have two. I do have two things I want to say. One's a question for y'all, but the first one is back to Stu's run game. Before I forget it, I kind of want to see more of that Sean McVay influence in this offense that Thomas Brown has, because that might be something that can help uh, like open up the running game to a certain extent, because it just seems like there's just a set play and it's just run the ball. There's no window dressing. There's no motion. There's no movement. Yeah. We got to get these guys. You go look at what Sean McVay did. And that's again, where Thomas Brown came back from. Get get some guys moving in motion. Have some crazy looking things. Dress things up and, and make it look difficult for the for the defense. But the the other the question I had for you guys was: Given I I know it's only four games, and Bryce, we all I think we all agree he still has the talent to be that guy. But do you think that they should have taken? the opportunity to to kind of give themselves a year, knowing that they had new coaching staff coming in and the fan base would probably be okay with it to just say, you know what, this is just kind of a, a foundation year. We're just going to kind of roll with what we got. Maybe you bring Sam Darnold back for your PJ Walker and that's your quarterback for the year. You keep your draft picks knowing you're going to get a top pick the next year and you have all your draft picks and you build that. And you have your your whole scouting department. You have your whole coaching staff, kind of evaluating those guys a little bit longer in the draft class for the quarterbacks this upcoming draft. 
What would you rather? Are you talking about the case making the case for to getting Caleb Williams? Or or I'd take Drake. Or any May. of these quarterbacks. Or Drake May. Or Drake May or or yeah. Well, I will say I will say this. You know, mm. for the Carolina Panthers, you're you're bringing in a new coaching staff, right? It's an opportunity to grow. This is what 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 happens to you know a twelve year old or a thirteen year old when they're growing. I'll tell you, it hurts. It's <laughs> I know where you're going. With this. <laughs> it does not feel good when your knees start to hurt. I'm like, oh man, my knees, my shins, my shoulders, like my back. What's going on? You growing, okay? It, it's gonna hurt, right? And that's what this is all about. Now, like, you get a coaching staff and you have a guy that you like, and I go back to Coach Rivera. Rivera, I mean. They will never, ever, ever. I don't want to hear nobody on ever talk bad about Cam Newton. I'm tired of it. Like, there'll never be another Cam Newton. You hear right. me? Unicorn. We were blessed and honored to if you were a Carolina Panther fan, you were blessed and honored to have Cam Newton in the Bank of America Stadium. Now, Coach Rivera and Cam Newton came in together, right? They grew together. And they won together. They lost together. And that's the vision that the Carolina Panthers have for Bryce. Like, there's no instant success in this league, especially when you have the woes that we have right now. Yeah. Skyler, you've been talking since – you've been talking since, dang, March <laughs> about <laughs> about depth – you know what I'm saying? You like, really have. you're the only one. <laughs> like, you're really the only one like that really like saw the future and said, "Nah, we ain't gonna have no depth, so we're gonna be struggling." Um, we, and here we are. Like, like, you know, we like, but <laughs> as a Panthers fan, you have to sit here and actually be real with yourself. Am I really just gonna be, you know, like negative Nancy and just like piss on my, you know, <laughs> my fanship to the Panthers? Some of them or I'm gonna, or, or I'm gonna, or am I gonna be the guy two years from now or a year from now? Like people are like, man, congrats, man, you are a ride or die. <laughs> and, and there's honestly another way to think of it too, is maybe instead of what I just asked, is if you think about where this team was a year ago in the situation. I actually think this is the week that Matt Rule got fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had no after, wasn't it? It, it was the first week of October. That's all I know. It, it, may, it, it honestly may be tomorrow, October 4th. Uh, yeah, I think you might be For right. For some reason, I have the, the date stuck in my head. But anyway, you you go back to last year, you have no quarterback. You have no answer for sure, right? You, you have an offensive line, but you don't have a guy that can throw the ball and make plays. You had DJ Moore, but that's all you had. The defense was pretty much the same defense you have now but you didn't have a coaching staff in place to take that team to the next level. Steve Wilkes, when he came in, did a tremendous job. Can't can't blame him for that. He did a very good job with that. But you fast forward to this year, you have this all-star coaching staff. It hasn't looked like it through four games. I'll be honest. I, I think we should probably critique them a little bit more because of how much expectation we put on them. But at some point, that all-star coaching staff and your number one draft pick, a quarterback, is going to figure something out. 
And I think knowing that you have a number one quarterback like Bryce Young and you have the coaching staff that you have now, you have to feel so much better, even if the record is 0-4, than where this team was a year that is you at least have yeah. answers. That that is true. You feel at this you point last like year, there was no sense of direction. Like we we felt like we were going the wrong way at this point last year. This year you I were in a hamster wheel last year, man. You were just sputtering in the yeah, same it was, place. It was horrible. Um, look, man, it's 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 like this, man. Look, for all the believers in Christ out there, when things are going bad, you still got faith, right? Yep. That's how Amen. I feel about this coaching staff. And that's how I feel about Bryce Young. Things are going bad and terrible, right? It's not great. But I still got faith because of what we have. We still have on paper right now because clearly we don't see the things coming to fruition that we would like to. But if you understand the process of building anything, any organization, right, we talk about culture. Right now, they're building a culture. They're trying to figure out how to identify with who they are as the Carolina Panthers now, right? That takes time. And especially in order for you to have a a culture, a winning culture, what do you have to do? You have to win games, right? So until you win games, until you figure out how to win games as the unit that you are now, your culture is going to be on standby <laughs> a little bit. And sure. Right now, everybody, everybody for the last five years, however many years it's been, we've been kind of willy-nilly out here looking like, man, like, who are we? Where are we? All, no, I, no, all no. I remember is the 2015 Panthers and the Panthers before them. And why can't we get back to that? Like, no, they have to find out who they are. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk dead blue into the face for the rest of the year, that it's going to take time. And until they figure out how to win, until they figure out how to win, we're going to be dealing with these woes. And there's three things that a team has to have to be successful. Health, depth, and the right bodies. They don't have any of those three things right now. Yeah, And this is the thing. This is where I'm stuck at right now. When they hired Frank Wright, and brought in his coaching staff. It really goes back before that because it feels like they were, it feels like they were ready to tear it all down, and then they paused it. So they never completely tore the whole thing down. So like when you get rid of Christian McCaffrey, when you're willing to trade off DJ Moore, at that point you're thinking, okay, we're going to give the coaching staff that's coming in a clean slate. Like we're not going to have anything lingering or anything from the previous regime. This is a clean, open slate for you to build your franchise around, right? They didn't really do that. They took away the best offensive players we had, uh, first-rounders, by the way, and that goes along with what we were saying earlier because I keep seeing this narrative that we should go ahead and trade Brian Burns now so we can at least have a first-round pick for next year. And I'm like, do you guys oh, sure. understand what we just you gotta, did? you got to have the guys that you are in that here. locker room for at least longer than four it, years. It is pointless to <laughs> just to have a first-round pick just to say we have one when we're trading them off every four years and they're not staying here. They're going off someplace else. Do you see what Christian McCaffrey's doing in San Francisco right now because half of y'all could not stand the fact that he had a couple years there where he was injured? If he was here, it'd probably look a little easier for Bryce Young. If, you're, Panthers, if the Panthers did not retain Brian Burns... We, I'm not a lot to say we would. Be, I mean, 
they got to keep him. They've got to keep him at this point. They'll probably franchise tag him at this point, I would think. But that, but I keep seeing people saying, well, we need a first-round pick. Like, that first-round pick is more important to them than we don't have. What we need are sixth-round, fifth-round yeah. free agent guys that have just all, this, all of a sudden worked their way to the top. Those are the types of guys that we need. We need guys on the roster to step up and say, you know what? This clicks for me now. One, one of my favorite offensive lines of all time in NFL history is the Great Wall of Dallas. The Great Wall of Dallas isn't a bunch of first and second round uh, picks. And granted, they had some on there, Eric Williams and, you know, those dudes. But they also had dudes on there like Mark Tuinate. It was like a, like a seventh round pick or whatever. You need dudes with the same mentality and attitude that all are doing the same thing as a unit. Kind of like what we saw the offensive line doing last year. Which is why it's so strange. Well, I guess it's not really strange because they're not. It's not the same line. Like it's, it's a couple of rookies instead of the dudes who were there. No Christensen, no Corbett yet. That's a huge difference. They can hide some of the deficiencies that Icky as a rookie was having last year. And I'm wondering too, were they doing something different in terms of like last year? Were they was they sending like a running back out of the backfield to chip a guy that was trying to get past Icky? Were they helping him last year? Because it feels like they're not helping him at all this I year. Didn't. After on an island. I think I think it's just a different scheme. I mean, you still have the same line coach, but it's it's a different offense. Yeah. And I think in year two, you're also getting more tape. And plus, the offense last year, what was it when he was playing really well? Downhill, run the dang football. Now it's not. It's spread everything out. It's a completely different philosophy. So, And, and that was one of the biggest concerns when he came out of NC State was his pass protection. Everyone knew he could run block. He'd road grade everybody. Mm-hmm. It was pass protection. That was the issue. That's why there's some people said he may be a guard. But to to kind of go back to what I was like saying with the draft pick things, the reason why I say why do you need a first round pick is because okay, if you're trading Brian Burns, guess where he's going to? He's going to a playoff contender. Yeah, he's not going to go to another team like Carolina who's sitting here zero four or is out of the playoff race. He's going to some some place where he can help them win a Super Bowl. San You're talking the back end of the first round. You've already got a pick in the top five or so or top three of the second round. Guess what? The difference between pick 25 and pick 35 is nothing. The biggest difference in the draft, the biggest drop-off is from like you have the top four or five, then you have the next five, and then after that, it's a big drop. Yeah. So like – and Scott's talked about that at length many, many times. But to me, if you're trading anybody at the deadline, and I'm not suggesting they do this, but I'm saying if they were to, it'd probably be like a Jeremy Chin. And and I think because he's somebody that he could go and be a linebacker somewhere or he could be a safety, but he's a little bit more replaceable than a Brian Burns. You just don't grow those guys on trees. And I'm not saying you can grow Jeremy Chin on trees either, but – I mean, a premier pass rusher, you have to have that to be a Super Bowl contender. You don't necessarily have to have a Jeremy Chin-type player to be a Super Bowl contender. It's nice to have, but you don't need it. And shout-out shout to Jeremy Chin because he finally popped up on the screen uh, this yeah. past Sunday. He was everywhere. <clears throat> yeah, Jeremy Chin, keep that man in the box. Yeah, like, he's, he's got to play in the box. I was the one that was saying trade him a couple weeks ago. No, 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 no. no I, was, I, was no, no. I was like, no, <laughs> Jeremy Chin. Keep him in the box. Let him play linebacker specifically, although we're banged up at safety too. So literally he could play <laughs> wherever at this point. We got the room. Yeah. Um, but he showed out. He, he he actually looked like he felt comfortable for once yeah. in the defense yeah. on Sunday, which was a, a pleasant surprise. 
Um, so I'm, I'm very happy that they found him. Um, I'm still kind of like, it, it, I think I'd feel different if we were getting blown out. Because then you're kind of like, okay, we kind of know where we are. All these yeah, games. Not the Denver Broncos, I can tell you that. <laughs> no, no. Although, hey, I think they kind of answered that question last week, Denver and uh, Chicago, because Chicago – Chicago let Denver come twenty one points. Don't let, oh. don't let that fool you. Denver still, Denver is still worse than Chicago. <laughs> and then Miami, <laughs> Miami, Buffalo, Buffalo yeah. dropped almost fifty on them. So I don't know. The whole the whole league is just kind of. Uh, and yeah, I say like, like we're, only, we're only a quarter of the way through the season. Like we still got the NFC season to go. I, I do NFC power rankings every single week. I, I, I can't remember if I did it. It was either today or yesterday. My days are running together. But every week I have such a hard time after like the first four or five teams trying to figure out six through 15, uh, 16. Like it's who's it's literally five? a crapshoot after who's the first five. Who's your top yeah, five? Let's grade you. Let's, let's yeah, grade Kyle's top five. All right. All right. Hold, let me, let me pull you you got to look it up. You don't remember off the top of your dome? No, heck no. Heck no. All right. I got it right here. I got it right here. So, number one, I have Philly. Uh, two, okay. San Francisco. Three, Seattle. Four, Detroit. Five, Dallas. I like that. Wow. No yeah. chance. You want, you, you want me to keep going? You yeah. Want me keep going? <laughs> I like that. No, NFC, NFC. Just, oh, NFC. Just the okay. NFC. Okay, I got, I got you. I got you again. Okay, that makes sense. Um, mm, Seattle. I have, that's actually, this is, that's this actually is how bad the yeah, NFC is after the top five. This is how bad the NFC is after the top five. I had Tampa Bay, who was 12 last week, jump all the way to six because everybody and their brother lost. <laughs> so I have Tampa at six, Green Bay seven, Minnesota eight, <laughs> Rams at nine, Saints 10, Falcons 11, like, Commanders 12, Giants 13, Cardinals 14, Panthers 15, Bears like. All those teams are bad, man. Like, and uh-huh. they're all bad offenses. As soon as you hit that stretch, when you start naming uh, some of those teams, like all those teams are just like, Ugh. yeah. I, I, I mean, what do you do? I, I mean, they're, they're all interchangeable in the backfield. <laughs> oh my god! So actually, that should make us feel a little encouraged because it's, it's. I mean, even though we're zero and four, I think the only the like the Chargers from like fifteen years ago ever made the playoffs, starting off zero and four or something like that. Uh, the Phillips Rivers uh, Chargers. I ain't even worried about the playoffs at this point. I just want them to build <laughs> and win some games and no, see what happens. Like, talking playoffs is – Man, this is how funny the NFL, though. The NFL is funny like this, bro. Like, we've seen – like, now I'm not going to say, like, this is going to be, like, some magical turnaround, but I can tell you one thing, that we've seen time and time and time, and time again that teams that we don't necessarily think – out the gate, like are going to finish strong or find themselves. Detroit is a perfect example last year. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then you have teams like the Atlanta Falcons, time and time after again, <laughs> where they just oh, we guns blazing, baby. Yeah, we six and no. Wait a minute, we are six and ten. Golly, where did that happen? Uh, so I mean, listen, <laughs> it's not oh. good right now. It's just called growing pains, right? But eventually, you gonna grow. I like how you can grow. You can grow. You can grow to be a slousy, weak, flimsy, you know, team, or you can be, you know, growing to be Mike Tyson, which I got Mike Tyson behind me on the poster right now. Got to start somewhere. I I don't start somewhere. I just don't feel. 
bad. Now this Tuesday, like Sunday, I was feeling bad. I was like, oh, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> like, I, I can't figure this out. And then yeah. just sitting there on it a couple of days, I'm like, okay, they lost another one possession game. You have to almost remember the game because, like, when you when, when it's over and you're away from from a little bit, you look at the box score and you're like, uh, how did this happen? But if you're watching the game and the sequences of what happened, especially in the end, like Bryce is leading this team down the field, like they they are driving down the field, and then all this happens here at the very end or whatever, and basically it ended the game. Um, and that's kind of how it's been three of the four losses where yeah. something happened in the last two, three minutes of, of the fourth quarter. Yeah, we just – and it's different because last – back a couple of years ago, the Matt Rule teams, they would find ways to lose games, it felt like. It would be a new and fascinating way to lose this game every week. Like they, they wow, so I didn't know you could lose that way. Like, I'm gonna, Go ahead and drop that down in history. I'm going to fumble this ball through the end zone. It's going to be a safety. They're going to win by a point or something weird. It's like, how in the world did they do that? This team doesn't feel like that. This team feels like they're – they're knocking on the door of a win. We just don't know when it's coming. And somebody in the comments asked. They just keep getting the door shut. shut the yeah, like right at the end. It's like, nope, not time yet. And they, and they get the Please The refs got to get out of here. The refs about to stay flight. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, I feel like it's close. That's why I'm like, you know, I could see Detroit kind of feeling themselves. They're at home. Uh, people are starting to notice them now a little bit. The young team, they're not used to that. They're three and one. Carolina kind of ran on them last year, but they're seeing this year with Carolina. I could see them overlooking us, which sounds weird, but I could see them not getting psyched for this game and Carolina coming in there with a game plan and just sticking to it. And it actually works in their favor in the end. Um, one of those sequences in the game Sunday, when they, the one where, when Bryce fumbled, um, or no, it was right there before, I think it was right there before half and Panero ended up having to kick the 56 yard or whatever. Uh, but if it didn't happen exactly the way that it happened, they had a chance to go up, what, like 16 to nine or something like that. I, I might be confusing my quarters. It might have been the fourth quarter when that happened, but something happened where it was like if those two plays don't happen, Carolina's up by like, you know, eight or nine or something, and the whole game is different. But instead, that's what it was. It was a scoop and score. It was the fumble, scoop and score, yeah. and it changed the momentum back the other way. So now Minnesota's up by a point, and it's like, what the hell just happened? Like, what do we need to do to prevent those things? You can't. <laughs> so it's like, you're, as a fan, you're watching it like, I see they're close. I see some of the things the other fans are saying about Bryce and he ain't ready. I don't see that, to be honest. Now, I know they're dinking and dunking with him, and I understand the logic why. But to Skyler's point from earlier in the show, his his ball placement, it, it's really good. Like, he's very accurate. I think he threw for 78% or something on Sunday. Has, Grand he, had, has he had a single pass batted down at the line of scrimmage? Because I don't he had know. One. He had one. There on might Sunday. have been. I just yeah. missed it. There was one on Sunday that got batted down on the left side. The guy okay. went up and knocked it down. It was while they, they were down to the goal. Baker had about 10 by week two. So. Yes, he did. <laughs> and now somehow he's leading Tampa Bay to the top of the NFC South. So go figure. It's just it's football, <clears throat> man. Football. Yeah, man. So. <laughs> Everybody that's talking about Bryce. It's Panthers is what there. it is. Panthers. 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 <laughs> Look, let me before before we uh before we go, I did want to go around the league through or false with uh with Stu and uh Skyler. Um fact or fiction, actually, not true or false. Fact or fiction, neither the Chiefs or the Eagles will return to the Super Bowl. Fact or fiction. Fiction. So I don't know if I wrote so, that right. But- <laughs> So neither, you're saying you neither said of them, either, yeah. you said both both of them neither. will not be in the Super Bowl. Neither one of them are going to make the Super Bowl. Fact or fiction? Fiction. 
Okay. I had a hard time comprehending it. That was yeah, I think I, when, I looked, yeah, when I read it, it didn't sound the same way. And it's going against my <clears throat> it's going against my Seattle uh, projections at the end of the year. Um, oh yeah, man. We had I can see I can see the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, I talked you into that, Stu. So I mean, you can walk that back. It's okay. All right, I walk that back. All right, yeah, yeah I'm out of there. All right, so <laughs> um, so. Yeah, Philly. Philly, right now, I, I, it's hard to tell me. It's, it's it's hard to tell you that Philly ain't gonna be back there right now. I mean, they undefeated. Mm. They 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 win. They should have won easily, I think, against the the, the Commanders. Yes, um, I guess maybe we're too. It's too soon to really even say that. Maybe the the Commanders are actually, you know. Like doing what they're supposed Decent. to be doing right now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I mean, I like the quarterback right now. He's playing pretty solid. Um, Sam L. Carolina, baby. Yeah. And then right now I'm looking at the 49ers like, dang. Like, how how do they not make how how does how does right now listen to me? Christian McCaffrey is the MVP of the league. Thank you. If he don't if, the way I, he going right now, he look. He can do half of what he's doing right now for the rest of the year, and he still should be the MVP. Clearly. Especially, if, <laughs> I mean, I mean, if, if think about that. Half, half of what he's doing right now is two touchdowns a game. Okay, have like thirty. My man, my man scored four touchdowns last week. Okay, and he's probably going to have like at least two passing touchdowns this year. Why do we trade so, Jeffrey? What, what are look, we doing? We trade the MVP. I don't. It's hard for me to say they not going to be in the Super Bowl. So. Yeah. 49ers. But then on, on the AFC side, it's like the Chiefs, the way the, the way the Buffalo Bills played the other day. Bills look like <clears> the best <throat> team in America right now. Like, like they dismantled Miami pretty yeah, much. They just went over there and just slapped Miami upside the head. Hey, wake up. Still wake Buffalo. Up. It was a dream. It was a dream. <laughs> up here. Um <laughs> over on the AFC side, Mike Tomlin, our friend Mike Tomlin, will have his first sub five hundred season this year. Fact of fiction. <sighs> Yes, Fiction. he will. <laughs> he will. Oh, nah, them, nah. they got to nah, fire that know, offensive coordinator. When it I, gets cold, usually... listen. When it gets cold outside, <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers come to play. They got the defense, so. but my, what's his name? Mike Canada. Matt uh, Canada. Matt Canada. I've heard. boy made a burner you? account apparently. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah, no. it's a big thing on Twitter. Actually. Oh, yeah. the end is near. The end is near. If he's, if he's out here but, uh, batting trolls with a burner account, he already know. <laughs> he no, already I mean, know. My, <laughs> one of my one of my buddies, he, he works for the Steelers. He does radio for them. Um, and I get the insight on all their stuff. And, and it's, it's just a team that's just not offensively, obviously, getting anything together. But it, there could be some changes made here soon. Um, and I just – I don't know. With, with Kenny Pickett in his situation now, I think he's going to be out for a week or so, or he may miss extended time. I don't know. It's some bone bruise, I think. Mm. I mean, do you really trust Mitch Trubisky? I mean, No. no I don't, I don't trust, trust him. I'm a Carolina fan. I'm a Carolina fan. I, 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 I trust Mike Tomlin. Look, uh, yeah. Uh, you, my boy, Blue, said it right. It's still preseason for the Pittsburgh Steelers, baby. <clears throat> it is for so. us, too. <laughs> Still. Remember, I used to say that about the Patriots that Bill Belichick was so good that he would kind of just use the first four games of the season to figure out what they oh, yeah. they'd be two and two or something, then rattle off like 10 straight wins with like whatever. They're falling apart. And actually, that's one of uh, 
That's one of my factor fictions. Man, they got their butt whipped on Sunday. Holy crap. Is is this Bill Belichick's last season? Factor fiction. No. Kind of it kind of feels like it, but I don't know. Listen. How far away is he from the record? That's why he was still here. Y'all heard of that boy Caleb Williams? Oh no, don't <laughs> <laughs> don't speak that into existence. Not want that to happen. Now Man, he, listen, Caleb, listen, this is gonna uh, be the first time. Uh, now the second this is gonna be the I second do. time in history that Bill Belichick has a quarterback that can run the football and move around in the pocket and do tremendous things. Cam Newton was one of them. They just didn't give him a playbook, and he didn't have time to prepare for a season to actually be. be. So that's what happened with that whole program. But they're going to be in a position to get a guy like Kevin Williams next year. Or Drake May. I think Drake May would fit really well. Or Shador Sam. Nah, look, I don't want – no, listen, listen. I want to see Bill Belichick – with a quarterback that can get up out of there. No, we don't want to see that. We don't want I, I want to see it. I want to see it. I don't want to see it. I want to see it. Everybody needs to see it. I need to find he out. He had what the greatest quarterback for 20 years. I mean. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Why give him another Listen, five? let that man be great. <laughs> I, I do not care for Bill Belichick. He has been the the crusher of dreams of mine for years. Like, I'm, oh, yeah, I forget, man. Like, I wasn't here when he crushed dreams. Let's start right there. <laughs> like that, just that one. I mean, that alone was one. But no, nah, I mean, I think he, I think he's still. I think they're trying to get past um, Shula's record for most all-time wins because he's right there. I think he was only like 15 away or something like that. So I need to look it up. I'll, I'll, I'll check it for next week. Um, hmm. Scott Fitter. He shouldn't have done all those uh, spy gates. He may have already been there. <laughs> Maybe uh, Scott Fitterer will not be on a hot seat at the end of the season. Fact or fiction? He will not. Will not. Fact. Fact. He will not be. Are we talking from the fan base or yes. from what's that? From the fan. Well, he's already on a hot seat now from the fan base. I, I, I would mean like literal hot seat, like they're thinking about replacing him. I don't know this, but I don't. I, I would say he's not internally. I don't. I don't think that they would go into the offseason thinking that this is a hot seat situation. But I will say it's a very crucial offseason for him because if he doesn't make enough moves to get this team over the hump into where they are starting to be competitive, I'm telling you right now. Like if they are, if if they finish this season five and twelve, and next year they go five and twelve again. I, it's hard to imagine he'd still be here in 2025. Yeah, because at that point, because the saving grace with him, and this is this is the argument I get into with people on Facebook. They're like, well, he's been here three years or whatever, and look at what we got. Matt Rule was the final decision maker on those drafts up until this past draft is the first draft that Scott Fitter probably had more input on who to bring. The previous in. one, or the last one with Rule, he pretty much had the call, but who still. Oh, I was yeah. trying to help him out. You just kind of threw him back under the. <laughs> you just threw him back under the bus. Fine, Scott Fitter. Uh, you're, you're two years in, so maybe maybe he should be on the hot seat then. Because who do we draft? No, now? Desmond. Desmond, don't let Skyler talk you into this. Don't let him talk you into this. But we're sitting there questioning Icky if he's even at the right position. And JC Horn can't stay on the field. That was the year before, but that I think that was more of a Matt Roll pick, right? JC, JC, uh, don't don't listen. Don't talk about JC like that. <laughs> what do you mean? Listen, relax. <laughs> I come to this stream. I'm Get just y'all break. <laughs> Look, JC Horn. You, if JC Horn is a great pick, period. 
He just has what you call the injury bug. Mm. It's, not, it's, it's not going well, right? You can't fault the man for for being injured. No, I can't fault him for it, but I can I can I can weigh my opinion of him the same way I do with Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson is a fantastic basketball player. People think I come down on him because he played at Duke. Not at all. I love the kid. But your best ability is availability. And the dude's played a third of his games in four years. Look, his situation is <laughs> hey, look, like, Zion Williams, look, Zion before, like whatever he got going on, it's a conditioning thing at the end of the day. The more the heavier you are, you can't the more likely you're gonna get hurt. You can't be JC Horn's situation is nothing like that. Okay. True. A man has had some freak accidents in his and in, in his career so far. And then he has a, a soft tissue injury, which I'm pretty sure is, was, you know, something that has to do with being overworked. Yeah. Like when you have a guy that's had the mentality that I'm going to get back on the field next year and I'm going to show people my worth, I'm going to show people my value. You know how hard you're working? You know how hard he was probably working? Maybe so let's not fault this man for having a soft tissue injury that was just really like, oh, you're overexerted because yeah, okay. you worked your tail off. All right, fine. You made your point. I take it back. I, I, I maybe I said it wrong. I, I just wish. Yeah, you did. Out there. I wish. I, was, I'm about to come over there and take that fan cave. Because <laughs> that, that, that was the number eight, <laughs> and we have not seen him. We have not really seen him on the field. And like we defended him, but has he had a play where we're like, oh, that was why he was the number eight pick? Like, has he really yeah. had one yet? Yeah, that you can think of off the top of your head, because that's where I was today. I'm like, has he had a play like that, like a like a pick or something? Where we're like, ooh. That's why we picked him in the top 10. We haven't had enough time to see him. And now it's I like, mean, I, I think the fair question with JC is like, if he, I mean, we don't know what his situation is this year. Like, does he come back this year? If he does, how much? Ugh. And if that, if that happens again next year, uh, or I mean, is he getting a second contract? Is he getting his fifth year option picked up? Like that, that's a tough, if I'm Scott Fitter, I don't know that I'm picking that fifth year option up. I want to see him prove me or prove to me that he can stay on the field. They just did I don't want to make that financial commitment. They just did that with CJ. Yeah. They gave him a fifth year. He was a top 10 pick in 2020, and they were like, no. Nah, uh, well, maybe a little different reasons, though. <laughs> yeah, that was a little different. <laughs> a little bit different situation with CJ. Um, but same, same thinking, yeah. <laughs> uh, you you don't want to make a financial commitment if you don't know the guy's going to play up to a certain level or if he's going to stay healthy. Willie says, thank you, Stu, for the JC take. Um, oh, yeah. Willie Smith, you got it, baby. And uh, you, my boy, Blue. On this show. We do try to pride ourselves. We're one of the few. We might be the only believe pod, uh, NFL pod that has a former NFL player, a current NFL beat writer, and an NFL super fan. Like all three perspectives all in the same show. So we can get a little emotional at times. We can. Yeah, we, man. You know, sometimes you know, things get like, kind of crazy. Out we here. just, we love our Panthers, man. We just want them to do well. <laughs> it gets <laughs> a little like, hot and juicy. <laughs> we just, we tired of this, man. We tired. Like, do something. Do something. It's like a step. Do something. Panthers, do something. So we'll, one o'clock PM Sunday uh, on the road, Detroit Lions. It's going to be a tough battle. Um, We'll kind of, well, I mean, we ain't going nowhere. We'll see what it, see what happens. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna watch it. We'll see what they do. Hopefully, we will have a better look on next Tuesday. Uh, after this, yeah. Uh. <laughs> Maybe we'll one day the Panthers Swift. will not be, or the, or Bryce Young will not be the uh, Corvette under the the crappy carport. But 
it'll, it may take time. It'll be out in the state, going, purring. Maybe, maybe we need Taylor Swift to come to to Detroit. No. Uh, we made it an hour and three minutes before we had our first Taylor Swift reference. Yeah, but, Taylor, uh, Taylor Swift, baby. Everybody <laughs> talking about her. Now, so you might as well talk about her. Yes, I believe. Oh, let's talk about this. Hold on. Before we get up out of here, let me talk about these ducks. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, you didn't get a chance to. Yeah. Look, oh, USC, Caleb Williams is all that in the bag of chips, but <laughs> they not Oregon Ducks. I can tell you that. Oregon might be. What Oregon is your call for the got, <laughs> So, look, look, yeah. we got UW after this bye week. Mm. That's going to be a very telling game for the Oregon Ducks because for whatever reason, that's always an emotional mm-hmm. hyper Venton Layton type of game. Washington's like, top ten just, too. Yeah, so that game's gonna be super juiced. If we come out of that game like beating them, like we need to beat them, man, USC gonna have another a whole nother thing coming because the way they gave up them points against for Colorado oh, on defense. Yeah, the second half. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I Oregon, we, Oregon said, nah, you ain't go, you ain't doing nothing. You're not doing nothing. <laughs> I ain't, I ain't worried about Dion and them boys. They just need some beef no, up front. No, be gotten cycled. No, I will Where say, but I will, but I will say though, yeah, I will say though, the Colorado's offense being able to throw up points like that—you can't just do that. Okay, yeah. that just yeah. doesn't happen. Now, either USC's defense is terrible. That was the word. Or I was hearing coming or, in. Or or Colorado found a way, right? I mean, you they was out, they didn't, they didn't have uh Shiloh, yeah, Travis Hunter, the best player, they didn't have Hunter, yeah. And I mean, if you put those two guys on, on that field against USC, that can be another type of game. Mm-hmm. Just gonna let you know. Oh, we were, we, we still rooting for Dion. We haven't gotten off the train. I mean, yeah, he's lost two, but we he wasn't going undefeated. Like, this is gonna be the worst Colorado's gonna be with Deion Sanders yeah. as coach. This season is gonna be the worst because now, yeah. now you got kids that are seeing this. He's going to have high school kids coming. He might win out the rest of the games. He could. Very well could. Who who knows? But confidence is a a very good smelling cologne. Um, And that's what the Panthers need. (laughs) The Panthers need a little confidence right now. That's really all. So you mean they need to start, you know, (laughs) creating a cologne? Yeah. That smells good. They need need a a, – it's a good – like when you're confident, People smell it on you when you walk in. Like they know. Like, oh, that dude knows who he is. They know what he's about. Panthers cologne. So anybody out there that – that owns you a, know what? a cologne distribution <laughs> distribution center. Make some Pampas cologne so that way we can spray it on these fans that start turning on the Panthers so that way we can get them back to where they need to be, which is out of negative Nancy. Spray that Panthers cologne on all these haters. What was the name of the cologne in Anchorman? Wasn't it like like Dark Panther or something like that? Yeah. Well, 60% of the time, it works 100%. You know what? You know what? You know what Shador ought to do is get with the Dior cologne and have a Shaw Dior cologne. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing that out there. Listen, well, can, be the, out the marketing. I'm giving out free beat, ideas. You really you are a beat know? writer or are you a marketing guy? <laughs> you write for a living? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Willie says, I'll tell you why I'm glad I believe in Panthers. He actually said earlier on, we do got to get out of here, uh, that we should start a Tell Them Why You're Glad segment. So Tell Them Why You're Mad so we can stay positive. I feel like we're still the most positive Panther podcast you're going to come across somehow. Like, I don't know. I don't know how we're doing it every week, but I, I don't feel like we're really dumping on them. We just kind of yeah. tell it as it is. Like, we're not going to baby them. Like, if you're messing up, we're going to tell you you're messing up. 
if we see things you can improve, we're going to see that too. I, I don't think this we Panthers are winning a game. So The Falcons lose this week? Uh, yeah, sure did. they were in London. The they Saints London. lose this week? Yeah, sure did. I think they did. The Buccaneers lose this week? No, I think the Bucks won. They sure did not. Yeah, <laughs> the Bucks won. They're <laughs> well, actually looking pretty good. I will say this. Tell them why you're glad. I'm glad that two other division teams lost. This the week. teams we lost to. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and hey, both of them. Well, Ritter's still playing, but uh, the Saints have Winston starting. If I'm not mistaken, Carr's out with injury. No, Carr, no he ended up playing. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, shockingly. Well, maybe yeah. that explains why the Saints couldn't score because I, I was seeing that their offense was like super stagnant on Sunday. So I don't know. The, the division's still wide open. If you really believe Tampa Bay is going to run away with this division with Baker Mayfield at quarterback, then uh, keep on believing that. Uh, <laughs> we'll just sit right believe? here. We'll sit right here and wait for that for that meter to fall right back to earth. Uh, we still got three quarters of a season, y'all. Let's just kind of see what they do in Detroit. See what happens uh, when we go to Miami, <laughs> and then we'll regauge this at the bye week and kind of go from there. So we're going to go get out of here. This was brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, you can catch the audio of this on the Believe Podcast Network. We're all on all major podcast platforms. The video is always at Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com forward slash at Tobacco Road Sports Radio. We will actually have Believe in Panthers social media pages sometime this week. So check for us uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we'll start putting the content there so it's a little bit easier for everybody to find and share. Uh, appreciate everybody coming in tonight. Uh, I know we were coming in a little bit late. We should be back on regular schedule next next Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, hopefully we'll have a victory Tuesday. Uh, appreciate y'all rocking with us on this late night Tuesday. Panthers taking on the lines 1 o'clock p.m. on Sunday on Fox. Uh, this has been Believe in Carolina Panthers for Skylar Callahan and Jonathan Stewart. I am Desmond Johnson. We will see you next week. Keep mounting. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.